Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Hey, Seattle. Hey, Puget Sound. And welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, uh, your spirited uh, scotch ambassador and uh what else can i be tonight how about just happy it's happy hour radio hey thanks for joining us we're right here 570 kvi every saturday night six to seven o'clock and if you ever miss a show which uh how dare you uh hey find me on the website it's happyhourradio.net we got a list of uh, all of our great guests um Looking at about 106 shows now. <laughs> if I had an assistant, she would be kicking me right now because she would know, or I'm sorry, he would know. I don't know. You know, I don't have an assistant though. It's just me and uh, bottles and glasses. And uh, we've got uh, bottles of whiskey, Scotch whiskey, and uh, glasses of wine. Uh, I've got my old pal Ari Shapiro, who is a uh, well, he's a Scotch whiskey expert. He is a master of scotch, and uh, he lives in Seattle, or actually he lives across the pond, um, our little Puget Sound pond, and uh, he's going to be chatting up about the Seattle Scotch and Beer Fest, which takes place next weekend. It's Friday and Saturday night, March 25th and 26th. That's at that cool place in Fremont, the center of the universe, Fremont Studios. And uh, details and tickets and twists all right, scotchbeerfest.com. So I'll be up in a little bit, but uh, I've got a, a new friend. Uh, Nate Kokenauer is uh, the founder of Vinali.club. This is a cool little wine club, and um, I always like it when uh, you, know, you have somebody new and exciting. He's got all this energy, and he's going to bring some really cool wines to the table and hopefully to your table. Um, Vinali.club and uh, Nate Kokenauer, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks for having me. I love it. Coconut hour, happy hour, scotch hour. It's uh, this is the place to be here Saturday night. Sounds like it. Well, hey, so Vinali, um, first of all, tell me where are you from and how'd you get into wine? Well, I'm from Woodenville, born and raised. Um, it wasn't the Woodenville that we have today. Um, the old pastures. Yeah, yeah. Growing up, people would ask uh, where you're from, Woodenville. I was like, oh, where's that? And, now I say I'm from Woodenville, and all of a sudden I'm a classy gentleman. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely changed from what I remember it, but all for the Your best. Your cologne has changed a bit from uh, Eau de Mew <laughs> yes. to Eau yes. de Vin. Uh, very cool. So, obviously, growing up in Woodenville, you probably got the wine bug early. You know, I mean, I used to have, well, I used to feature large barrels of aluminum or beer and aluminum casks uh, in the parks around Seattle in my day. How did you get into wine? Well, uh, my parents were always really big into wine, and of course, I never tried wine before I was 21, but um, we would sample and smell and, uh, you know, kind of just pick up from what my parents were into, and from there, went to college and got an internship <laughs> with 21. a winemaker. I love the late start. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he took me under his wing, and uh, I fell in love with it, and Oh, who's the I winemaker? Am. Well, he was a wine importer um, uh, for Spanish wines, Steve Miles. Give him a shout-out. Steve Miles, out. huh? Well, yeah. this is Steve Metzler, who also is a huge Spanish importer, the first in America, Spanish uh, classical wines of Spain, and he lives up in Bothell. 
Oh, yep, and that's right where uh, we warehouse out of, yeah. actually. Okay, so Steve Miles got you hooked into wine. He did. He took me under his wing, and uh, I think he regrets it ever since. <laughs> um, well, I see that you brought a Spanish wine, which is really cool. And how did you, your foray into the endeavor, this uh, industry, was starting a wine club. Yeah, so I was one night talking with my dad over a few glasses of wine about, you know, how fast and... What are you going to do with your life? Uh, it was something along those lines and uh, <laughs> expectations versus reality. And we uh, we started talking and that talk turned into action and uh, we launched Vinali, um, focusing just on Washington wineries and craft breweries. We do beer as well. Okay. Um, small, small batch, stuff that normally doesn't have large distribution. Um, and we ship it right to your door. Wow. Yeah. And do you have to be there to sign for it? You do. So, uh, you know, we recommend shipping to a business or somewhere someone's going to be. Um, <laughs> the fire that, station, there's someone always over there for me. You know what? The uh, the fire department actually does quite a good amount of business for us. Oh! <laughs> well, that must be the Woodville Fire Department. Uh, Woodville and Linwood. Yes. <laughs> okay, Linwood. We, we're branching it's out. It's got to have wood in it, right? Exactly. They're excited. Exactly. That keeps uh, them uh, firm. Uh, so... You and your father, that you are the two gentlemen, the father-son team, the, uh, what do you call it, the, the duo, the dynamic duo? Uh, we are a duo. I don't know how much... Uh, dynamism? Dynamism, yeah. Dynamism. Uh, there is. Dynamite. Dynamite. Well, I bet you got some dynamite in these uh, bottles of wine you brought. So how many wines can uh, someone order? And apparently you have a big order form online. It's Vinali.club, and you can go in there. You have to register, and you have to get all this stuff. To pr- you don't have to prove you're 21 yet. You just have to sign for it, right? Um, there is a checkbox um, that you, you know, check have to prove oh. you're 21 by no, clicking that checkbox. Check this box. Oh, no, it uh, deters quite a few people. Oh, yeah. Um, but we, we do two things. Uh, we do the club packages. Uh, we send three wines or four 22-ounce bombers of beer. Um, but we also do an online bottle shop where people can mix and match any yeah. products that they want. Um, to date, we actually we're celebrated our anniversary uh, yesterday, our one-year operational. And we have featured 130 different unique wines and beers. Um, there's lots to choose from, and you can mix and match, or you can choose one of our clubs. Very cool. That's like uh, 11 a month. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 10, 11. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, we drink too much, and it, we lose count. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting how wine are in, in 25-ounce uh, bottles, or 25.3, something like that, and beer's in 22. How did Any history on that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's they, they do the, the 22... Um, for most of the breweries, they, they stick with that 22 ounce, and I don't know what was the origin. It's probably origin. The, everyone's got that glass for that takes the crown cap. Yeah, you know, I think everyone wants one full beer and maybe another almost full beer. That's right. And, uh, for your wife, for your partner, or whatever. Sure, sure. <laughs> Husband, I guess. <laughs> We're uh, equal opportunity here on Happy Hour Radio, and I have the pleasure of speaking with Nate Kokenauer, who is the uh, part of the dynamic duo of Vinali.club. And this is a wine and beer uh, club, an order form, and uh, online, um, which will deliver to your door, apparently, and to your local fire station. So let's talk about the wines. I see you brought a, a Spanish wine, um, and two Washington wines. Yeah, so, um, you know, we focus specifically with just Washington, um, but Spanish wines were what I fell in love with first, um, thanks to Steve, um, focusing with the the different varietals, Tempranillo primarily. So here we have the Finca Sobrino uh, Tempranillo. Mm. This is called what? This is Finca Sobrino, and this is the 2009 um, special selection. All right. And uh, where is this Finca located? 
out of Toro region. Toro, Toro, Toro. All right, that means bull. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tinta de Toro would be the word for Tempranillo. You call this is a Tempranillo, right? Correct. Excellent. That's what they call it, right? Tinta de Toro. Mm-hmm. The red of the Toro region, which is really cool. So I took a sip. Um, 2009, very warm vintage around pretty much the globe. <laughs> I guess you could say that almost every year except in um, December. Well, we had a warm December, too. So um, this wine, how did you find this particular wine? This was actually a gift um, from my my old boss, Steve. Um, He put it in my cellar, and he says, I challenge you to keep it as long as you can. And I figured this was as good an opportunity to to break into it. All right. Um, So I've had this for a few years, been anticipating wanting to drink it. And it kind of, you know, goes along with that really dry Mm. character, that body on it, which I'm a sucker for. Um, Good acid. It's that (laughs) mid-palate. Goes good with food by the glass. All around easy drinking. It says right here, 100% Tinta de Toro. I like that. Damn, getting something right. So uh, Finca Sobreño is um, a red wine, 2009 vintage. Uh, What would this run on your website? Well, with this wine, um, it retails around $34. Now, we buy directly from the wineries and breweries, so that does help with us uh, limiting some costs. So we would probably be able to sell it for a little less. Um, um, Retails at thirty four, thirty three ninety nine. Yeah, you know, just get right in there. You got to get the thirty three ninety nine, that ninety nine price point. Except your total wine is ninety seven. Mm. <laughs> we actually, yeah, we stick with uh, whole rounded numbers on our prices to okay. simplify whole bottles too. All right, exactly. so um, tasty wine. You can find it at Vinali Club. Remember that dot club, which is uh, one of those cool. Um, I don't figure what you call those at the end of the uh, right after the dot. <laughs> well, you know, uh, let's call it Sonoris. Sonoris is a Washington wine, and that's Hilary Slosian, who is a, a very cool winemaker. She worked for, um, I forget, early on she worked for somebody, then she branched out on her own starting Sonoris, and now she's actually a, a consultant in California, an enologist, and doing all this stuff. Let's talk about her 2010 Mia Corsa. Yeah, so this is going to be a Petit Verdot dominant. Um, it's got some Merlot in there as well. Um, and we're just huge fans of Hillary's wines. So she was actually at Di Stefano yeah, uh, Winery. Yeah, right. And she was head winemaker when they won Winery of the Year. Um, and then she got to the point where, you know, it was now or never to start a winery. And we're really glad she did. Um, we featured this wine four months ago. Um, it was a huge hit. Uh, we really loved it. And our members have, too. Great. So you can opt in for a newsletter and see how often do you bombard my, my email box? Well, from my personal preference with is email it smart marketing, target bombs? <laughs> it's not just blanket carpet bombs, right? Exactly. Um, we we try and you know make it as knowledgeable and as fun as as possible. Um, I'm sure there's a few people who who ignore them, but we hope there's uh, some people who read them because we put a lot of effort trying to share the stories of the wineries and the winemakers in there as well. Um, but we, we rotate every month is going to be a different feature. Um, but if there's something that you like, you can always go back and in the bottle shop. Purchase however many bottles you want. Cool, and um, I appreciate this uh, this look back at the vintages. You've got the 2009 from Spain, which shows you how well these wines hold up, and of course the 2010, which is uh, one of our cooler vintages, if not the second mm-hmm. coolest in uh, modern times. Um, this wine definitely needed some time to develop, and I think it's showing beautifully. Petit Verdot is one of those mystery wines that no one really knows how to taste and what to do with, um, but it is dark. Deep, voluptuous, um, just a moderate minus tannin and uh, lots of fruit. The alcohol here is really, really balanced. I think that comes with the cool, cool vintage of 2010. Um, what's the alcohol here? 
Uh, the alcohol, <laughs> I'm going to need to verify that. We're looking at 14.8. Okay. Well, that's what's called balance, and mm-hmm. uh, that's the most important thing in a wine, as long as it's balanced and um, not tainted. It's tasty. Sonoris, uh, Mia Corsa, 2010, and this runs, you say, 44? Uh, we're selling it right now for 40. 40. Hey, all right. We, a bid too high. Mr. Showcase. We have a special running on it right now, actually. All right. So um, tell me the process. You go to Vinali.club. And um, what, you get prompted to sign up for the, the newsletter? So that's a, upon, you can do that just through the homepage or upon checkout, there's an opt-in, opt-out for the newsletter. Um, but there's two sales channels. And when you go to Vinali.club, you'll either be able to go through the bottle shop features, which we do 10 to 15 wines, 10 to 15 beers every given month. Or you can go and read. How, and how many times do you push that out? Is that, hey, get, you know, this is a pre-sale, this is our regular sale, and this is our closeout? <laughs> so each month, we, we dedicate our focus onto that handful. Um, we want to share their stories, and you'll be able to go to the website um, at the start of every month and see all new products, all new wines, all new beers, um, both in the bottle shop and in our membership packages. Can we go and taste someplace before we... Um you know, truly appreciate all the verbiage that you go on to promote these wines and beers? Not currently. We are online only. Uh, we do warehouse out of Bothell, but we don't have a brick or mortar tasting. Okay. Well, um, when we come back from this break, we're going to chat about uh, a couple, well, one more of your wines, which is a really cool wine. It's called Wedge Mountain. And um, where is Wedge Mountain located? They are five minutes outside of Leavenworth, yeah. tucked away right on the uh, Wenatchee River there. Yeah, um, Charlie McKee and Anne McKee, mm-hmm. I think, are the proprietors. Um, they've got a, a host of great wines. How many wines do you have from Wedge Mountain? This is our only one that we featured so far, um, but we are lining up and trying to get another one of their wines in. Yeah, they got like Charlie's Reserve or Charlie's Stash or something, which is uh, a very well-done red blend. Uh, speaking with Nate Kokenauer, who is the uh, founder with the father of Vinali.club, which is a wine club here you can sign up, and all beer club. So you should check it out at Vinali.club. Um, I'm used to saying .com. It's so interesting for me. But uh, Vinali.club, V-I-N-A-L-Y. Hey, so stick around, folks. We're going to dive into more red wine with Nate after this break. You're on Happy Hour Radio. He's back and he's in charge. Kirby Wilbur, live and local weekdays, 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for round two. Hope you got something tasty in your glass. Or if you're in the car driving to someplace cool for some good eats and good drinks, good on ya. I've got uh, two cool cats in the studio today. I've got my friend Ari Shapiro, the master of whiskey. And he's going to be uh, talking about Seattle Scotch and Beer Fest, which takes place next weekend, March 25th and 26th, at the Fremont Studios and, of course, the center of the universe in Fremont, California? No, Fremont, Seattle. Come on, it's right here. It's uh, scotchandbeerfest.com. We're going to taste some beers and scotch on air. (laughs) 
and hopefully you'll join us. But right now, it's wine time with my pal Nate Kokenauer, who is the founder of Vinali.club, this cool wine and beer club. Delivers right to your door and a very thoughtful um, promotion about our local winemakers and also some winemakers from Spain. But right now, we're going to talk local. At least Leavenworth, Washington is pretty local. Our friends Charlie and Ann McKee with Wedge Mountain. And uh, Nate, what'd you bring here? We have their 2013 Syrah, which I think is just showing outstanding right now. I uh, <laughs> God, I had to go revisit you and smell it again. Revisit, yeah. I had to revisit. It's, it's showing, it's smelling, it's standing in my glass. Yeah, so I uh, was driving through and stopped at the winery and tasted through, and the Syrah just, it spoke to me. It was an aha moment. The Syrah whisperer, huh? Ah, that's what they call me. Mm-hmm. Well, um, these folks have been around for about... 12 years now, I think. 2001. 2000, all right. So I'm a little late on that. But um, uh, great folks. Um, you know, this is what's great about Washington wine is that you've got uh, real people making it in places you wouldn't expect. Like Leavenworth, Washington, uh, they get a lot of sun, but they also get a lot of snow. I know that uh, there's a couple wineries out there. Of course, our friend uh, Rob Newsom of Boudreaux Cellars and uh, Wedge Mountain. They've done quite well in the Seattle Wine Awards and, uh, of course, in some of the other recognition programs. So this is a Columbia Valley Syrah 2013 vintage, which, uh, which followed a, a good vintage in 12, a very cold vintage in 11. And 13 uh, was one of the beautiful summers in Seattle. We had 13, 14, and 15. We're, we're looking for a quadplecta, trecta, trifecta, four in a row. <laughs> <laughs> was that Yahtzee? I don't know, I'm in those games. Um, but speaking of games, uh, how do we get into this game with Vinali? Uh, you go to Vinali.club. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, keep uh, up to date with all of our different posts. Got to get a little plug in there. Right. Um, but yeah, you For give... Zuckerberg or what? <laughs> Zuckerberg gets plugs all the time. Um, but yeah, just give us a shout. Um, Tour, you can see the wines and beers that we feature. You can read about the stories um, of the wineries, the winemakers, and the brewers. Um, and you really get to discover all of the amazing places that are just in our back door. And um, speaking of amazing places, the Wedge Mountain Winery is really cute, but this is an amazing wine. I just tasted it. And 13 being really warm, you're concerned that it's going to have high alcohol and be a little out of balance. I look at the label here. It says 13.4, which uh, ironically following the, the 2010 uh, Sonoris Mia Corsa, um, that was fourteen eight, I think mm-hmm. he said. And um, this Syrah is really beautiful. It's got really a blue and purple fruit profile with um, a hint of red and dark red fruits. Um, nice and balanced. The tannin is really medium. Minus, uh, I get a good dollop of oak here, which I think really helps round out with that vanilla and toffee. Uh, of course, it's kind of like that uh, blueberry, blackberry pie. And um, not that sweet, of course. It is a dry wine, and the, the tannin is uh, just soft and mm, clears the palate. So, lovely. What does this run on Vinali.club? Currently, we are selling the Wedge Mountain Syrah for $32. All right. And uh, so... When you say you get you join the club, you've got a special standalone three pack or four pack that you send once a month, or is it once a quarter? Or? We offer different uh, varietal or different variety in shipments, so we do every month, every other month, or quarterly. Um, but then we also pair that with our bottle shop, so you can go at any time and do a one-off or one-time purchase of any combination of three bottles. And you keep all the information, so I don't have to re-enter my credit card or my PayPal account. And- Correct. Yeah, you just you create an account and it's simplified. You can check out in just a matter of a handful of clicks. I like it. It's uh, what I call click and clink. 
<laughs> you like to? I might steal that from you. You should. You should. I, hey, you know, I just want royalties. Um, <laughs> hey, Nate Kokenauer with Finale.club. Uh, lovely wines. A great chance to meet you. Happy anniversary. And congratulations on uh, doing some cool stuff for Washington Wine and Spain. Thank you so much. It was uh, great to come and talk to you. I loved it. Um, thank you for so much. Finale.club, folks. You got to check it out. Um, I got to check it out, too. I want to see some of the uh, pros you're writing. I, I took creative writing in grade school, so I want to see how I match up. Um, but I've got met my match here in my lifetime, and uh, I fell in love with Scotch um, at the age of like 12 in my dad's liquor cabinet, and it was really a one-hit blunder. Uh, I took a big swig of Laphroaig 10, and that turned me off to Scotch for about 30 years. And then I met Simon Brooking, who turned me on to, he's a Scotch ambassador who we've had on the show, and he turned me on to a rusty nail, an Ardbeg rusty nail. And it was fantastic. A little sweet, a little peat, and uh, it was awesome. And I met Ari Shapiro at my former stomping ground, the Rainier Club, and we had the single malt scotch whiskey extravaganza. Ari Shapiro, master of whiskey, welcome to Happy Hour. Chris, you're absolutely killing me. You, you couldn't have poured me a couple glasses of wine so I could taste along with you? Come on. Well, we brought six glasses. I was surprised that Nate decided to pour... <laughs> <laughs> I need my three. Hey, I brought six, so you can't blame me. But uh, Chris, hey, thanks, thanks for having me on the show. Um, it's a pleasure to have you. And uh, so, Master of Whiskey, how did yeah. you get started into this water of life? You know, it's funny to listen to you talk about your history with whiskey, because mine was virtually identical. Uh, there's a, a bar in Lower Queen Anne called Ten Mercer, and I had a friend that was a bartender there. I was 22 years old. I saddled up one day, and she said, oh, maybe you should try whiskey. I said, you darn right. I'm a 22-year-old man. It is time for me to drink whiskey. You're going to conquer the world. I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's fire it up. And I had Talisker. And that was the last whiskey I had for about four years. <laughs> oh, not bad. Yeah, right? I mean, all that salt and brine. But I could tell there was something there. I could tell there was history, and there was heritage, and there was story. And there was a flavor profile that was really different than most of the other beverages that I had had. And so I said, hey, let's try this out again, and, uh, and away we go. <laughs> and then you got the bug. You were snake bit. That's right. Um, Scotch whiskey, of course, it comes from the uh, country of Scotland. That's true. And uh, it's both a, an island and a bunch of islands, right? Yeah, it is. So um, to be called a Scottish whiskey, or, or what we call just a Scotch, there's a couple laws. It has to be made in Scotland, matured for a minimum of three years, mash of cereal grains. But um, Scotland is part of the northern, it's the northern section of, uh, of the island of Britain, Great Britain, um, and also has the inner and outer Hebride islands. So yes, it is part of the, the mainland of the UK, and there is also some islands outside of that. And um, when it comes to the islands, those islands tend to be some of the more famous versions of this uh, classic drink. Um, tell me about, uh, in fact, you know, uh, they're a, calling me right now. <laughs> you know, there's a, a really easy way when you look at a bottle of whiskey to be able to tell what type of flavor profile it'll have. If it's a Scotch whiskey and it says Highlands or if it says Lowlands, if it says anything about the mainland of Scotland, it's probably going to be floral, fairly light, maybe grassy, maybe um, berry notes. If you see the name of an island, it's probably going to be a little smoky, might be a little salty, might be a little briny. And so that's the big line. Name of an island, little smoky. Mainland, 
probably not smoky at all. Yeah, a little. Get some of the dried fruits. We talk about um, the highlands or the lowlands or the Speyside. Uh, Speyside. Yeah, and we're talking about really dried fruit characters: apricot, a little nut, perhaps honey, a little heather. Some yeah. of that interesting stuff. You know, I think of the lowlands of Scotland as amber waves of grain, and the highlands of Scotland as purple mountains, majesty. <laughs> and so that you can think of the flavor profiles that would come from those two regions, and that's what we have on the mainland of Scotland. I uh, automatically put my hand over my heart because I was thinking, um, you know, God save Scotland. Scotland the beautiful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Scotland the beautiful. And it is a beautiful country because yeah, um, I love them little crackers we get. <laughs> the Walker shortbread. Mmm. Tasty. Tasty. <laughs> they got good stuff. And uh, so... You, how did you become a master of whiskey then? You, this wasn't at 10 Mercer. Did they offer that class? <laughs> I wish they'd, maybe, maybe they should have me in and start teaching that class. Uh, no, I, um, uh, spent some time at a few distilleries, both in Scotland and around the rest of the world, learning from distillers and from blenders and from maltsters and yeast propagators and, and some marketing people as well. And, uh, just gaining enough knowledge that enough distillers kind of, made the cross over me and said, you go for it. and You go, guy. Excellent. You were yeah. blessed. You were endowed with yeah. the knowledge. So so today there's about 20, 25 um, people that have received the title Master of Whiskey around the United States. There's uh, another friend of mine here in Seattle also. Who's that? Gentleman named Breck Taylor. Oh, who, yeah, Breck Taylor. I remember yeah, Breck. Yeah, he works with the Diageo Portfolio Whiskies today, and I have the pleasure of speaking about Pernod Whiskies. All right, Pernod Ricard. And uh, David Trice, is he still with Pernod? No, he's not. David oh. hasn't been with Pernod for a few years now, but they've got a great team here in the Pacific Northwest. Awesome. A good friend of mine named Tierney Milton. Oh, Tierney, of course. Uh, we're Facebook friends, and uh, I think I'm Facebook friends with everybody who's got alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're friends with me, and that's all I care that's about, That's right. Me too. And uh, speaking with Ari Shapiro, the master of whiskey here in Seattle, and he's going to chat up about Seattle Scotch and Beer Fest, which takes place uh, next weekend, March 25th and 26th, over at the Fremont Studios, uh, scotchbeerfest.com. Um, pretty simple. And if you ever heard of that term, uh, the hopscotch event, this is now the Scotch and Beer Fest, which uh, pretty straightforward. I like how literal it is. Scotch, beer, and fest. Um, it's easy. <laughs> it's really easy. Hey, well, folks, when we come back from this break, we're going to dive into some of this uh, golden elixir, this uskibe, uh, this water of life, with Ari Shapiro, our Scotch whiskey specialist, our master of whiskey, right here on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 10 a.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, folks, time for round three. Happy Saturday night. It's Happy Hour Radio. Hope you got something great in your glass. And I'm actually looking at uh, five glasses of something great. They're all different, all unique. And uh, just as my friend, master of whiskey, Ari Shapiro, uh, you're one of two masters of whiskey here in the Pacific Northwest region. And I'm so pleased to have you on the show for the first time. We're talking about the, uh, well, the styles of scotch. Um, from all around the islands and the mainland and the lowland and uh, Campbelltown. That's right? true. Yeah. 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 Not a lot from Campbelltown anymore. Historically big, but 
not much anymore. That seems it's all this uh, conglomeration or something. But uh, you've got some really cool bottles, two short stubby ones and a tall one. Um, yeah. What are you going to taste me on? Well, we've got three great whiskeys. All of these are going to be poured as a part of uh, a couple seminars that we'll be doing at the Scotch and Beer Festival uh, next weekend. Um, the seminars happen both Friday night and Saturday. And the whiskeys I have for us today are uh, a bottling from Scapa, which is a distillery up on the island of Orkney, way northern part of Scotland, almost the most northern distillery in Scotland. This is a, a fairly new bottle uh, from them called Skirin. Um And then a couple bottlings from a distillery called Aberlour. Uh, when you when it's happy hour, think of Aberlour. <laughs> <laughs> Easy right. way to pronounce both their 12 and 16-year-old offerings. Excellent. So um, Orcadian yes. is the origin of the Scapa. And uh, tell me what makes this particular... Well, how many expressions does Scapa produce and what makes this particular one unique? You know, here in the United States, there's really two dominant uh, bottlings that we can find. There is this bottle here, which is, again, called Skirin. It's a fairly new distillery bottling from Scapa. And then you can find a 16-year-old out there. They were a distillery that was closed for a number of years. And they just, um, not that long ago, reopened um, and are starting to produce in-house again. When we think of island-style whiskeys, and whether we're thinking of something like Talisker or Highland Park, we might find a lot of salty flavors and all those um, storm clouds rolling in off the Atlantic Ocean. But for an island-style whiskey, Scapa is incredibly light, incredibly balanced, and, and fruity, and, and honey is one of the dominant flavors people talk about. I was going to say that um, my first impression was this great honey sweet note, and I was wondering, is that related to the barrel? Is that part of the bourbon barrel, or are they getting something from one of those Chateau de Suites? <laughs> you know, there's a, a, a lot of different places that flavor can come from with a whiskey. The oak uh, gives up to 70 or 80% of flavor and 100% of color. These are exclusively first-fill bourbon casks. Uh, so right. after that cask is used a first time here in the United States, it's shipped over to Scotland, and that first fill after that, so first time used uh, right. barrel. For and so for bourbon, Scotland. it's typically one year, right? Uh, well, Minimum. Bur- bourbon, to be called a bourbon, four big laws, made in the United States, charred new oak containers, no added colors or flavors, and 51% or more corn. Um, when we talk about those casks, if we don't see an age statement, it's at least four years. But the big one there is new. It has to be a new cask, charred new oak container. So after that first use, sometimes they get sent over to Michael's for planting boxes, and sometimes they get shipped to mature whiskey. All right. That's the first plug on Michael's in t- <laughs> forever. Uh, Scapa, and again, again, the name of this particular expression? This is called Skirin, and it's uh, fairly new. Um, it, it might not even be the store that you, in the store that you're shopping at, um, but you will see Scapa on a few back bars. It's um, a, a kind of a boutique product. There's only two stills and a, a fairly unique still style there. Excellent. Well, um, I also want to welcome um, John Thorben, who is with Bold Hat Productions, and he's producing the uh, scotchandbeerfest.com along with his very talented team. So, John, um, well, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, welcome back, I should say. Um, Tell me, how do you get tickets for this, and and how does this seminar work into the ticket price? Uh, Well, tickets you can get at scotchbeerfest.com. It's actually better to buy them online uh, because starting next Friday night, they actually go up in price. Uh, But yeah, you can buy them online at at scotchbeerfest.com, and tickets start at $30, really reasonable for... If you look at other whiskey events around town, they're usually a higher ticket price. It's a really accessible event for a lot of people. Um, But uh, you can also... Add on to your ticket pack, package one of the great Scotch seminars led by Ari here, and and uh, it's a really uh, fun experience to really kind of dive into the world of Scotch. Yeah, and a Scotch seminar lasts thirty minutes, an hour. 
you know, they're usually about an hour, and we cover ten different whiskeys. Oh. So it's uh, it's a marathon. Oh, great! And so it's it's not just a couple of scotches and a bunch of download history. It's really a tasting to really get acquainted with them. So yeah. when you buy a regular ticket, uh, do you get tokens? Do you get a, a all you can sip glass? Yep. So there's um, so there's three different packages you can purchase. So thirty bucks, uh, you can get the basically what's called the beer admission. So you get seven tasting tokens. You can sample uh, any of the sixty different beers that are going to be on tap. And then you can get a beer and spirits admission, uh, which uh, includes either a Scotch flight or a Northwest whiskey flight. We've also got six Northwest local whiskeys uh, in our in our flight there. And then you can buy the VIP package, which is a limited quantity, selling quickly. Uh, that uh, that basically includes your all you can enjoy beer and spirits. I like it. Very intoxicated. Very important person. Yeah. <laughs> the VIP. Hey, um, get an Uber. Remember, um, don't go there and try to drive home. Um, make the most of it and have someone drive you home. That's the way I like to do it. So, Ari, you've got two couple uh, scotches here from Aberlour. 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 Happy Aberlour. hour. Aberlour. Happy hour. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and 12 and 16. This means this is all 12-year-old whiskey or a minimum of 12-year-old whiskey? Yeah. When you see an age statement on a bottle of whiskey, it means that every drop has been matured for at least that long. You know, unlike the vintages that you talk about with wine. With whiskey, the big idea is consistency, bottling to bottling, year to year. So that 12-year-old bottling may have 13, 14, 15, 25, even 40-year-old whiskey in the bottle. Mm. And this one is very much more expressive than the Scapa. Of course, they're quite unique. This one has um, a, a little more spice to it and uh, a little more pepper, peppercorn. Yeah, you know what you might be picking up on is the Oloroso Sherry Cask. They use a combination of both bourbon cask and Oloroso Sherry wine cask to mature this whiskey. And Scotch by law has to be aged in a bourbon cask, right, to start has, with? It has to be aged in an oak container, not more than 700 liters. Oh, okay. So it doesn't have to be a bourbon cask, but often they do 90% plus right, is bourbon so cask. no big foodras or... Boti, I think those are... Oh, you, you, uh, butts, punchins, pipes for port or different kinds of sherry. Okay, yeah. punchins, pipes, and ports. Here we go. That's the next coming <laughs> up, right? That's your next show, Chris. Punchin, pipes, and portfest.com. Um, so, Aberlauer, yes. 12-year-old whiskey, um, really delicious. What do these run at the uh, the store with our incredibly syntax state? Yeah, you know, when when we go to the store, it, it really is kind of dependent on, on where they want to price. Each store is going to run their own pricing, and so you'll see um, anywhere from $40, $50, and you can spend well over two or $300 on a bottle of uh of Aberlour if you really wanted to, if you get into their extraordinary age statement whiskeys. And they have something called Abunda? Abuna. Abuna. Abuna, yeah. Uh, Abuna is, uh, it's a natural, it's a, a Nadura type of whiskey, which means that it hasn't been uh, chill filtered. Um, it also comes out at cask strength. So you'll also find that whiskey over 50% alcohol by volume. <laughs> over 50, yeah. you get more big, for your... Big, big your whiskey. Bug. All right, well, um, Gunga Galunga, uh, <laughs> Aberlauer, 16, let's talk about this. Sure, you know, um, I, I get the question a lot, um, what is your favorite whiskey or what is your go-to whiskey? And that's really difficult. It's always, it's always the night. I mean, what's your favorite wine? Chris? What time of day? Who yeah, am I with? Exactly. Are you drinking to remember or drinking to forget? Um, when I think about the Aberlauer Distillery, the 16 year old for me mm. is just, it's a go to. It's a fantastic wow. dram. This 16, again, spent in a combination of both bourbon and sherry casks, gives you that great combination of that vanilla and caramel, but also those deep milk chocolate notes I and some berries. Isn't that nice? Yeah. This is um, a phenomenally smooth whiskey, it's, it's very round in the mouth. It's almost soft on the attack, and it just lingers and permeates and, and just carries on. 
um, like uh, bagpipes in the air. You know, I, I heard a, a saying a few years ago, water does to whiskey what air does to wine. And so if you were to add just a touch of water to this, about 10% water into this Aberlauer 16, all of those notes that you're getting of the fruit and of the honey and of the spices, that cinnamon and nutmeg baking spices, those are just going to become even more apparent in the whiskey. Great question. Greg's segue is, is in what is the best way to enjoy whiskey? I always say enjoy it how you like it. Just yeah, absolutely. Because, but um, what are the different methods? I mean, obviously dropping a water, uh, rocks, or with yeah. soda. Great question. You know, there's two different ways to think about that. We can think about drinking whiskey or tasting whiskey. When you're tasting it, uh, you can go to my website, thewhiskeyguy.com, and you can download my ebook on how to taste whiskey. It's a six-step process that I like to use. But when you're drinking whiskey, it really just depends on the person. Some people like rocks, some water, some milk, some Coca-Cola or ginger ale. You go around the world, and there are lots of different ways to enjoy drinking whiskey. <laughs> I like it. I'm worried about the milk folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Scotland, a warm glass of milk with a little whiskey in there settles the stomach, helps you go right to sleep. Oh, yeah. No, or either way, what the ratio is, it doesn't matter. Um, Ari Shapiro, Master of Whiskey here. He's going to be hosting uh, seminars at uh, scotchbeerfest.com. And you get your tickets at scotchandbeerfest.com. It's uh, next weekend, Friday and Saturday night. So make your plans to get down to Fremont Studios. Uh, plan your your uh, trip accordingly. Make sure you get an Uber or a taxi um, or horseback. I don't care. Just don't drive and have a good time. Um, and uh, John Thorburn, who is part of the production team, um, what what's your suggestion? Are you going to have food there? Is there going to be? Do I need to eat before? I mean, I should the French fries, right? Yeah, we'll have we'll have some food there. We've got. Uh in typical beer fashion, we'll have some uh, nice warm pretzels for people to, to get. And then also uh, we'll have uh, some food trucks available for, for people to enjoy as well. Okay. And uh, what are the hours? Uh, open at 5 o'clock on Friday till midnight. And then uh, Saturday noon to midnight as well. You said Saturday is noon to midnight? Yep. 12 hours? Yep. This is the 24 hours of scotch then, right? It goes. Can you buy a two-day ticket? Uh, no, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you don't get a ticket on the way home, folks. But when we come back from this break, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, this is Scotch and Beer Fest, by the way, and I'm going to try some beers. So stick around, folks. Listen to Happy Hour Radio on 570 KVI. A Northwest original, Lars Larson, live weekdays noon to 3, Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, happy Saturday night. Happy Hour Radio is uh, on to round four. Segment four, our final segment with uh, our friends, Ari Shapiro, Master of Whiskey, John Thorburn, who is uh, Bold Hat Productions and producing this really cool event called ScotchBeerFest.com. And I want to thank my pal, Nate Kokenauer, who's got that really cool wine club, Vanali.club. you got to check it out. Order your wine, you order your beer, and they can deliver it right to your home. And... Uh, uh, speaking of wine and beer, it's time for some beer, John. Um, this Scotch and Beer Fest actually has two main products, right? You've got whiskey and you've got beer. That's right. We've got actually quite a bit of beer. And you can't have one without the other, right? Not in Seattle. Well, you can't start make whiskey without beer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'm a big beer fan. I was a big home brewer, and uh, I used to name all my beers. I made a really big beer. Yeah, like, like a big dark beer? Or? Yeah, it was called Dark Diggler. Okay. <laughs> it was huge. Somebody uh, cut him off. 
<laughs> so um, you've got two cool beers. And how many breweries will be there at scotchandbeerfest.com? We've got about 25 different breweries, about 60 different beers on tap. Wow. And you're only giving me seven tokens? Yeah. Well, you can always get more. <laughs> okay. I love it. All right. So um, we've got a couple beers. One is called Neon Prince. Um, I would like Neon Knights, a little uh, Black Sabbath reference. That'd be pretty cool okay. with Ronnie yeah. James Dero before your time. Um, Hop Valley. So this is, uh, what do you call it, a session beer? A session IPA? Yeah, it's a session IPA. It's uh, 4.5% ABV. Pretty low on the IBU. It's only 25 Mm. It's not too hoppy. An IPA really is the term for a dry hopped beer, which uh, helped preserve the fluid that uh, the fluid, uh, the Bruce that uh, the sailors took around from the British colonization. That's right. You know, colonization actually has something good to offer <laughs> the right. world. Something out of that. IPAs, uh, much celebrated here in Washington because we grow 80, 90% of the world's hops or something like that, and they're, they're planting more. So Hop Valley, where's this from? Oregon. From Oregon. Yeah. Apparently they grow some hops down there, too. They do. Yeah, yeah. we've actually got uh, breweries from uh, all over the West Coast, California, Oregon, but but the majority are from Washington. Mm. Well, that's it. That's like we just did a commercial. Ah, yeah. Very good. Um, session ales are tasty because uh, obviously they're lower in alcohol, so you can have a beer session, not just a knockout session. Um, and the, uh, 25 IBUs stand for the International Bittering Units, uh, founded by, created by... Some British guy. So, uh, <laughs> to the next one. Uh, Firestone Brewery. Um, wow. Luponic Distortion. That's right. It's Whoa. another IPA. Yeah? What else does it do? It's got like, it sounds like an absinthe. It's a little bit higher alcohol compared to the session, but it's not too high as far as IPAs go. Usually these days you'll see an IPA over 6%. This is only, uh, I think, 5.8, 5.9. Oh, only 5.9, huh? Yeah. So this is really a junior mint. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this comes from California? It does, yeah. Firestone's out of uh, Southern California. And they uh, have a winery called Firestone Winery, and there's a Firestone Tire Company. Are they all related? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Oh, I answer good questions. Well, wait, I ask good questions. Hold on. Check it out. This is number 001. That's what it says on the label. It does. That's interesting. So this is the first batch ever. I think so. Yeah, unless there's a 0001, and they yeah. just not been up and off the decimal, the Dewey Decimal Series. Um, cool. So, scotchandbeerfest.com. Hey, it's next weekend, folks, Friday and Saturday night. Um, you got a chance to meet Ari Shapiro. And Ari, how many uh, seminars are you producing? There are two seminars you can come to. One is uh, Friday night at 6 o'clock. The next one is Saturday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So, after you go to your caucuses, come over and taste some whiskey with me. Oh, is that voting time? It is. Really? This yeah, Saturday? 10, 10 o'clock this coming Saturday, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, next week. Well, I'll be just time 10 p.m that sounds great can't wait um hey john thorburn with uh, scotch and beer fest and uh ari shapiro master of whiskey thanks so much for joining me at happy hour radio thanks for having me hey i look forward to uh, seeing you folks down there uh, they just hooked me up with some tickets for friday night see if you can find uh waldo um i will not be standing by the wall i'll be uh Perhaps crashing uh, Ari Shapiro's uh, seminar on 10 different whiskeys or scotches from, well, around the world, I guess. Around uh, Scotland, at least. <laughs> yeah, around the aisle. Um, and, uh, folks, if you uh, want to start with beer, I would suggest that, and then go to scotch, and then go back to beer, and then, well, you can do whatever you want. But uh, if you're into wine, hey, you got to check out uh, Taste Washington. It's uh, the next weekend, uh, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, Friday, Saturday night. 
It's uh, at CenturyLink Field, tastewashington.org, 200 wineries, uh, about 60 restaurants, and lots and lots of, uh, well, lots of good times, seminars, chefs, and, uh, of course, wine. Remember to spit. Don't wear any perfume or cologne, and don't wear your high heels. This is CenturyLink, also called Cement Floor, and uh, very comfortable when you've got your tennis shoes on. Uh, hope you enjoy today's show, and if you ever miss a show, remember, happyhourradio.net lists... Uh, so 100 plus of our shows. I was about to say 200. I think uh, this Scapa, the Aberlauer and Happy Hour is getting to me. And hope you had a good time. Remember, folks, life is always better with the designated driver. Cheers. <laughs>